Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate yeah. to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. I've been talking to experts about fussy eating now for about, I'd say, three years. And not once have I heard advice about how I can help my daughter. She's six now and still refuses to eat meat, apart from the occasional sausage, and still refuses most vegetables. I've the feeling that her fussy eating is different to the more common fussy eating you will see in younger children. Dr. Jennifer Cohen is known as the fussy eating doctor, which is very lucky for me. She's a pediatric nutritionist, dietitian, and mum of two young boys. Hi, Jen. How are you? Hi. Good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. So we talk a lot about fussy eating in younger children. Is a degree of fussiness developmentally appropriate when they're toddlers or a bit young? Yes. So we normally talk about fussy eating. I guess the normal trajectory of fussy eating is that it normally gets sort of peaks around the age of two and three, though in some kids it can even start earlier, even as early as sort of nine to 12 months. And what we normally say is that the fussy eating can get worse and worse around the age of two to three years. So definitely that toddler age. And then generally, as they get a bit older, by the time they're about age or five or six, we normally see the amount of kids who are fussy, I guess, sort of decrease. Saying that, there are definitely a percentage of kids at the older age, like say five, six and seven, that we do see as fussy, but there's a lot less kids who are fussy at that age. And what would you classify as fussy? Oh, that's Actually, that's a, a great question because there is actually no great definition of fussy eating. We tend to say kids who eat less than say 20 foods and kids who refuse whole food groups like you said meat they is what we normally call fussy but there is actually no real definition of what fussy eating is but that's generally what we think so parents tend to know right (laughs) yes yes definitely and if they say they're fussy a lot of the time they are fussy though again the definition is not a great definition yeah I've got to say there have been times when people say talk about fussy eaters and their description or the way they talk about them I'm like you don't know fussy eaters you have not met my daughter you don't know fussy eater <laughs> yeah you're like it's a competition <laughs> it's it's full on yeah <laughs> you were saying it's not it's not as prevalent in children around mm. five and six but do you still see um, children of that age presenting with kind of particular food tastes or being fussy? Yes, definitely. So again, you know, we probably see about 10 to 20% of kids are still fussy at the age of five and six. And as you alluded to at the beginning, once they're still fussy at five and six, we actually have to look at what else is going on because it's, it's likely to have developed a little bit more than that usual uh, fussy eating, which is normal that we see in toddlers. So it's going to be a very, very different, not reason for fussy eating, I guess what's happening with their fussy eating. And if they're still fussy at five, six, seven years of age, then we we do are concerned that the fussy eating is going to continue as they get older, as opposed to what a lot of parents are told is that kids will grow out of their fussy eating. And for some kids, that's true. But if they haven't grown out of it by five, six and seven, then we're starting to go, okay, what's going on? When does it become a problem? Oh, that's a, actually a very good question. Again, it's probably that age, you know, about the age of two, three, four. Not that we're not concerned because obviously we want kids to have good nutrition, but we know that's a normal part of development. 
But again, it's starting to become an issue when I think when the foods that a child is eating become less and less. And that's what we see over time with lots of kids is, you know, they're fussy, they might, they might still eat a variety of foods at the age of two and three. Where it starts becoming a problem is over time when those foods that they used to like get less and less and no foods are getting introduced in. So what's happening is the fussy eating is actually getting worse over time, not better. And that's when we start getting, I guess, not concerned is the right word, but more that's like, we, okay, we're going to have to do something about it. They're not just going to grow out of it by us just ignoring it. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Dr. Jennifer Cohen. She's a paediatric nutritionist and dietitian. Also goes by the name of the fussy eating doctor, which is why we have her in the studio today. You were just speaking then, Jen, about, um, you know, how you know whether it's a problem or not. Mm. And I know that my daughter now being six, that over the years when she first started getting a bit picky, I was worried but didn't think it was bad enough to take her to a doctor Mm. and just kept trying to get her to encourage her to eat other foods. At other times I just gave up. I went, you're just a kid. You're just being difficult. I'll let it go. But now she's got to an age where um, I was concerned. So I got her her blood tested and she's iron deficient, which is not surprising for anyone. Um, But she also complains of things like nausea. I have noticed she gets tummy pains and maybe constipation. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but when you start to see physical symptoms in your child that you can't attribute to anything else, can you then go, look, I'm not sure that it's the lack of food that she's eating, like the, the lack of variety of food that she's eating, but... I need to go and see someone and talk to to someone who knows whether this is actually related. Yep. And I think that's a really good point when we're starting to see things like iron deficiency or almost, I guess, other symptoms. So not even just like you described tummy pains or constipation, but also if we're starting to see that there's like a fear of food, that they seem to have a, you know, a reaction, but almost like a, a physical reaction when new foods are on the table, that's when we start to get concerned. The thing what we have to be careful of is if we start as parents worrying about, oh, they need to eat meat because of iron, which is a great example. As soon as we start, I guess, medicalizing and go, oh my God, there's a nutrition issue, we need to fix it. That's when we can actually get into more trouble, not less. So we actually kind of go around in circles because the thing about fussy eating, and you probably talked about this before on this show, is that it's really hard to get a child to eat a new food. You can't just go, we're going to put it in front of them, offer it three or four times, and they're going to eat it. And if you've got a six-year-old fussy eater, that is not going to happen because you have already tried it. And again, it's okay to be concerned. It is okay to, you know, do the blood test and get uh, tested. But what we don't want you as a parent going, oh my God, they're iron deficient, so we have to get meat in. Because kids pick up on your stress. And that's one of the things that we always talk about with fussy eating is that if kids know that you want them to do something, they're going to do the opposite, which is not just with food. Food is just another behavior. There's a reason why they don't put their shoes on we want them to and, you know, clean their room and everything. The more we want them to do it, the less they do it. The thing about food is that there is more of a concern if they don't, a bit like something like iron deficiency. So if they don't put the shoes on, they go bare feet to school. We don't care. They, but they don't eat the food, we as parents start getting worried that they get iron deficiency or something goes on. And I think it causes us even more stress as a parent. And then we're trying to do something about it. So to, you, to answer your question about should we take someone to see, should we take our child to see someone about it? The answer is yes, but it's got be being careful about who you're going to take to see and realising that to change and help your fussy eater 
at this age is going to take a lot more time and a lot more work and a lot more consistency, which is different, say, to a two and a three-year-old. And that's why we say that kids who are this older age group, they're not going to grow out of their fussy eating with us trying to do something about it. So who do we take them to see? Um, we can. I'm definitely going to link to your website because I know you have online courses for fussy eaters. But let's just say if you're not uh, online person, you don't like doing online courses, you want to actually see someone face-to-face, how do you choose the right person to deal with this? Um, I would speak from the place of um, not wanting to pathologize it, not wanting them to start feeling they have big issues with food. And it feels like you'd really have to be careful who you take them to so that doesn't happen. Yeah, very much so. And I think what we actually haven't covered yet, which I do want to sort of talk about before we talk about where specifically who to go to is... What we need to make sure when fussy eating at the older age group is that it hasn't turned into more than fussy eating. So fussy eating is fussy eating when kids don't like food and they just say no and that's it. But fussy eating over time can turn into something called a food aversion or a food phobia. So in essence, a child is scared of new foods. And if you've got a child that you put a new food on their plate in front of them at the table and they have like a reaction to it, almost like a meltdown, sometimes parents think, oh my God, that's just them mucking around, but could actually be a a physical reaction, almost like a phobia. So if you think your child is actually turning into having issues with maybe food aversions where they react to foods or food phobia, so are actually scared of new foods, then you need to be looking at experts who do what we almost call systematic desensitization. So I I like to explain it. um, I hate spiders. I dislike spiders immensely, which is amazing growing up in Sydney because I was surrounded by them. <laughs> now, now, if you put a spider in front of me right now, I would freak out and leave. That is not how to get me over my phobia of spiders. You do something called systematic desensitization. You know, start with stuffed animals and move up to that. I don't want to do that. I don't care about my spider phobia. <laughs> Food phobia is different. So there is actually um, a therapy called SOS therapy, which is specifically about this systematic desensitization, which is that introducing new foods really, really slowly, but really, really slowly. And there are you know, practitioners out there who do SOS therapy. And for older kids, it's called food scientist therapy. But again, it's about that really slow progression with foods. Now, those those are really for the kids who are, have moved to the food aversions and the f- uh, food phobia. So they're the kind of practitioners you want to see because just seeing someone one off um, who haven't specialised in that area is not going to do anything because by the time they're older, there's a lot more things going on with the fussy eating. So that's what you're kind of looking at. But like you're right, you've got to be really, really careful because you don't want to sort of medicalise it or make it an issue and turn into, you know, other disordered eating down the track. But that's that kind of therapy and it's a lot more sort of, it's a way of also bringing the fun back into food as well. So, but that it's a very, very long process. And I think that's important really with all fussy eaters is that it's a long process. You can't just put food in front of them and they're going to start eating it. So it's a long process that takes time. And also sometimes the wind you get with fussy eating is not just about them taking a bite of a food. So yeah, that's what we all want as parents is that we see the win as them taking a bite of food. But if that's always your goal as a parent, then you are actually going to have trouble trouble helping your fussy eater. So systematic desensitization and helping fussy eaters is about making small wins. So a small win might be that a child is happy to touch a food or a child is happy to have that food 
in front of them on their plate without freaking out. And again, that's what I mean about slow wins. And I think a lot of the time with fussy eating, it's either not working or they've got to eat the food. And if they don't eat, it hasn't, we're not getting anywhere. But with Mm. fussy eating, it's really, really slow process. And it's about getting them really comfortable with foods, comfortable touching them, smelling them. And then we move up to the tasting. But tasting and eating food is a long way down the track. When you talk about food aversion, I find that interesting because I think that's my daughter. Yeah. And I find it interesting because for me, so she will refuse, outright refuse to eat meat. Um, She doesn't try anything. She'll look at it and just say no. And as a parent, when I've seen that kind of behavior, I've just gone, that's really hard to, I don't really know how to work with that, but that's fussy eating. Like it's not, it's not an obvious thing that, whereas if she were to cry every time I put my lasagna in front of her, apart from being mortally wounded, I would be, oh, there's something weird going on here if she's crying like she's getting upset yeah flat out refusal i can see parents just going oh she's they're just stubborn they're just difficult i don't know what to do yeah and then then they're not going anywhere i mean would does that make sense to you in the difference between aversion and phobia yeah definitely definitely so phobias is that more extreme reaction but then all kids like all behaviors are different and i think again it's no matter how a child reacts, it's if they've said no because you've asked them to eat it, um, we know that there's something going on. And again, if, as they get older, we know it's more than behavioural. You know, it's we know it's more than them just going, I'm just going to annoy mum. I mean, it does annoy mum and they know it does as well, but it becomes more than that. And there's no obvious signs going, okay, there are kids who actually have a meltdown and they're obvious phobia uh, kids who are phobic but it could be that you know your daughter her just by saying no is that she is actually slightly aversive to the food and says no but again that's why you know it's that kind of oh we put the meat in front of you and we want you to have some that's not the goal at the beginning of changing her the goal could be at the beginning is that you know she's just comfortable having meat in front of her but no mentioning about her eating it you know it's it's about building up to that so if we go straight to here's the meat have a bite and then you don't, then we're just in a circle of that's never going to improve. So we need to take small steps to improve the fussy eating over time. So in conclusion, when you're looking at a a child who's older, five or six, Mm. who's still being a fussy eater and someone says, oh, just hide the veggies in the bolognese sauce or um, try putting broccoli in front of them 20 times, which is what you do often hear when they're younger, we don't listen to that. Is that what you're saying? We, we we need to go a step further. Yeah, that's exactly true. So hiding vegetables, actually for all ages, but especially the older kids, can really backfire because if they see that, find that you've hidden something in there and they work it out, that trust is gone. And the thing about eating and fussy eating is you need to bring trust back into the meal. And so... Doing things like hiding vegetables is never going to work. Now, the age-old you know, thing about twenty exposing a child 20 times is true because we need to still keep in, like showing kids new foods, but having it in front of them is not going to always be the answer. And there's a whole lot of which we can't cover in the time we have here. There's a whole lot of steps that you can take to, again, like as I said before, it's about taking those small wins. So when you're introducing a food, new food 20 times, it's not about them having to taste the food and it's not even about it, you know, being in front of them. It's about what we do with that food. And a lot of the time, those exposure is about, 
you know, on a separate plate. It's about getting them comfortable with it. It's about them playing with it and learning about the food. They're the, the exposures that we need. But again, it's a longer process and there's a lot more things that we need to do around that exposure before we'll get sort of any progress with a six-year-old. So much to do still. (laughs) But it's good to hear. Jen, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. That was Dr. Jennifer Cohen. She's a paediatric nutritionist and dietitian. And if you want to find out more about Jen, she has her own website. We'll pop links to it up on our website. That's kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.